The Providence Journal presents Nick and Bob, the college basketball podcast for Rhode Island and around the nation with your hosts, Kevin McNamara and Bill Koch. Hello and welcome to the Providence Journal's Pick and Pop podcast, our weekly look at the local college basketball scene here in uh, greater Rhode Island. I'm Kevin McNamara of the Journal alongside Bill Koch and uh, Bill the good news is neither one of us are studying for exams. Oh, you're not kidding, Kevin. If if you saw my transcript from BU, uh, you would understand that this was a very stressful time every year. Well, I always say that this is the toughest test of the year for all teams, all colleges, all college basketball players to uh, take a break from competition and put your head in the books for whatever it's going to be uh, at some schools. It might be you might have one test and three papers, three papers and one test. Who knows? But... Uh, it's it's they are students. I know a lot of fans lose that in the shuffle, but uh, basically the schedule is shut down here for a few days, which we can uh, it gives us opportunity to regroup a little bit. And uh, we're going to actually you want to take out your uh, your grading uh, slide rule. Yeah, we're going to uh, we're going to administer some grades here to the, our four Division One teams in the state. Uh, we're going to take a look at what they've done so far on paper in the first semester and where we expect them to go from here uh you know you're looking at extended breaks for each team uh, providence will will be in action next uh, on the 14th that's saturday against stony brook but otherwise you're looking at uh the 21st for rhode island uh and for bryant and the 28th for Brown, so really some extended time off to take care of academics, and you know, maybe get a little extra practice time and, and sharpen up on some other things and celebrate the holidays. Of, of course. course, yes, of course. Got to get that shopping done, Bill. I know you've you have a long list of people who you need to uh, satisfy at Christmas. You know, Santa actually started on uh, Tuesday this week. Had the day off, and wow. Santa got out there a little bit, tried to beat the crowds, and. Had a little bit of success. I would say moderate success. Uh, probably knocked out maybe 30% of the list or so. Well, I have a um, Santa issue. Uh, Santa, for me, really doesn't kick in until after my birthday. Uh-huh. Now, I'm not going to disclose when my birthday is because I don't want uh, well, you know, podcast listeners to send me any presents. <laughs> you think they're going to inundate us with yes, gifts for yes, Kevin Mack? here yeah. at 75 Fountain Street in Providence, yeah, Rhode yeah, Island, yeah. 02902. Uh, but... <laughs> Um, so I usually jump into the crazed portion of the Christmas shopping season in the last few days. So, uh, right. that's when the nuts come out and I'm right in there. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, let's start with the Rhode Island Rams. Rhode, uh, winners in the annual game against Providence, 75-61. They improved to six and three. Um, you know, you got to give Rhode Island all the credit in the world. Uh, two of their three leading players stood up and played like uh, like you need them to play. Uh, Fats Russell, after a shaky first round, uh, first half performance, uh, steps up big in the second half, and, and uh, once Providence, uh, basically in the last seven minutes, uh, Rhode Island made their push to the finish line uh, for the victory. Uh, Russell with 24 points and eight assists. You can't play much better than he is right now. And then inside, Cyril Langevin was outstanding all game long, 17 points, 16 rebounds in 31 minutes. And basically, the, the, those two guys carried the weight for the Rams. Only one other uh, double-figure scorer, uh, Tyrese Martin, 10. Uh, we'll get to all the pro- the Friars' problems because it's a long list, but the, the Rams themselves at 6-3, and three, Bill, uh, you know, they haven't 
knocked off the top 25, top 30 type opponent that, that, they, that they need to. But uh, they're taking care of business. Yeah, this was a good win for them uh, from the standpoint that they closed the game very well, an 18-6 to run over the last six and a half minutes. Uh, it was a two-point game there at one point, and you know, the final score would be a little bit deceiving in that way. It looks like Rhode Island won easily. That's not necessarily the case. Uh, they earned this victory down the stretch with the way they played. Fats Russell, 16 of his 24 in the second half, and that was after a crash to the floor late in the first half where it looked like he hurt his right arm, uh, came out and made five of his six shots in the second half and you know Kevin we talked about it leading into the podcast and I think we talked about it after the game and a couple nights later he was the best player on the floor for either team and generally when you have the best player on the floor in one of these rivalry games you're going to come out on top but you can't say enough about the way he's playing right now the way he's leading uh, and the way that he was able to energize the Ryan Center which had the second largest crowd in its history uh, 8,052 was the tally uh, and it was electric in there that night that's for sure no, uh, there's no question. Uh, Rhode Island did what they needed to do to protect their home court. Um, and I, I think what jumped out at me, a few things about the Rams jumped out at me, and they did in previous games I had seen them live and also on television, is they are, they're a team that they have their rotation set uh, with the exception of you know some freshmen who are making progress. Uh, Makai Long played very well off the bench. Uh, for the Rams in the in the uh, in the Providence game, his best game by far. Yeah, you know he, he got uh, well. He ended up well probably because of minutes. He ended up playing 22 minutes with Dana Tate uh, sidelined for the night. Uh, Long stepped in and had uh, nine points and seven rebounds. But uh, they take their cue from Russell Langevine and Doughton. Uh, if they can get. Uh, performances from the sophomores, Harris and Martin. It's, uh, you know, thank you very much. And then anything they get from the freshmen, uh, it's really thank you very much. Um, well, you know who's going to play 30-plus minutes. It's those three, uh, Langevin, Russell, and Doughton, where, you know, you look on the other side of the court, and uh, you can just tell Ed Cooley really doesn't know where to go, what buttons to push, uh, what combinations to play. Rhode Island and David Cox, they, they have their team. And, you know, there's so many games you see on TV. Same thing, these coaches, they're sending kids in, in and out, and they're playing 9, 10, 11 guys. I, I think there's a huge benefit to know who your top seven are, especially if it's on December 1st. Yeah, very defined roles on this Rhode Island team. Uh, that might shake up a little bit when they get Antoine Walker eligible uh, for a second semester. The Georgetown transfer, you would think that the, there might be a little bit of shuffling in the minutes, uh, but not necessarily in terms of who starts and you know who comes off the bench first and whatever else. Um, they and I think a lot of that has to do, Kevin, with the fact that they brought back just about the same team from last year. All five starters: mm-hmm. uh, Dana Tate coming off the bench as a sixth man, uh, and from there you were just wondering who else was going to fill in. Uh, it's gone to the freshman, Makai Long and Jacob Toppin, obviously first. Uh, Dana Tate was suspended the other night for violation of team rules. Not sure when he'll be back. Uh, just talking to a couple sources around Rhodey's program, it didn't ta- it didn't sound too serious. Uh, I never want to say whether or not it, it's going to be an extended thing or not. Uh, they're obviously not available until next week, so we'll find out more about that then. Yeah, no, I, uh, Walker, the transfer from Georgetown, you know, he'll certainly push Jermaine Harris, who's probably been the only starter who's underperformed so far for some minutes there. But uh, you know, the progress of the two freshmen is important. Long and Toppin 
both you know active forwards, good length, pretty good defenders, or, or should be good defenders because of their athleticism and size. Uh, offense is a little bit of gravy. Uh, they both rebound well. Uh, but really, uh, obviously, the whole show takes its cue from from Russell, Doughton, and Langevin. And really, Doughton has not performed like we know that he can. So uh, I think there's still an awful lot of room to grow for Rhode Island. Uh, but we are in the grade mode and the uh, assessing mode here. And before we look ahead to you know, where uh, Rhode Island can be in the Atlantic 10, <clears throat> they do have three games left. Western Kentucky at home. The 21st, they go to Middle Tennessee, who struggled so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they go to Brown, which is an intriguing game because, you know, I saw Brown last night at, at St. John's, and they were never, uh, I wouldn't say a threat to go ahead. There was there was a small window in the first half, but St. John's had them under control the whole way. Uh, I would assume that that's going to be a test for Rhode Island to go up to the Pizzatola Center because Brown has been good at home. And then we can talk about uh, conference play in the first week of January, but you know, Rhode Island right now, uh, you, you tell me, what are you thinking with their uh, you know, assessment through uh, nine games? I'd give Rhode Island a B. Uh, nice, solid B. Good, not great, not poor. Um, could have trended towards a B-plus or an A-minus if they could have gotten one of those three up games, as you like to say. Uh, lost at Maryland, lost to LSU in a neutral court, lost at West Virginia. Um, the Mountaineers was a game that... They might have been able to steal if Jeff Doughton had given them a little bit more. Uh, he was only 3-for-10 in that game. Uh, LSU was a game where they didn't really defend. They gave up 96 points. And, and Maryland was just better than they were. Uh, you know, Rhodey got out to a 12-point lead in the first half and got outscored by 30 the rest of the way. Uh, Maryland was good, big, physical, probably the worst matchup for URI in terms of size across the front court. Uh, you know, Rhode Island's grade could also be helped in the second semester if a couple other teams on their schedule play better. Uh, Alabama and Providence specifically. Those two wins at home would look a lot better if, if those two teams would perform to what we thought they would be at the start of the year. Alabama was picked fifth in the SEC and Providence was picked in the top half of the Big East and you know was thought by many people to be a contender to be uh, to reach the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. So, you know, Rhode Island's grade, I'd say a nice solid B. They've done a good job so far. Uh, they've set themselves up pretty well to go into the second half of the season. Yeah, I'm going to go B plus because I'm a, ni- I'm a nice guy. It's as simple as that. I'm good a, for I'm you. a nice guy. And, and I did not expect uh, Rhode Island to beat Maryland on the road, West Virginia on the road, or LSU on a neutral court. So those would have been upsets uh, to their credit and why they – are near the A margin. is they, They've won every game that they needed to win. They haven't slipped up at all. Uh, and, and that's you know the taking care of business that you need. Unfortunately, uh, when we get into you know February and looking into March and the NCAA tournament, it, it is going to be about compiling marquee wins and quad one wins and quad two wins. And I couldn't tell you where Providence and Alabama are going to be in that quad section, but right now they're not even close to the top two quads. So... Although, uh, Bill, when are we going to see these net rankings from the NCA? They're supposed to come out. January, right? No, no, no. I know it's sometime in December. For some reason, I thought it would be this week. Uh, In previous years, it had been almost in uh, late November. So, uh, you know, Ken Palm is great. We can go back and forth on this. But today, right now, as we speak, Providence is ahead of Rhode Island in the Ken Palm. Right. So that, you know, come on. 
I mean, it's obviously not a strength ranking or a... We know what it is. It's an analytics rating. Fine. It's, it's efficiency. But uh, Rhode Island is a lot more efficient than Providence, as we speak, in, in all in all categories. But uh, Ken, I guess, doesn't really agree with that. But <laughs> oh, boy. Anyways, uh, the net rankings are what matters in the eyes of the NCA. so uh, we're anxiously awaiting them to see exactly where... Uh, where our locals and everybody else will be, and hopefully that's uh, any day now, but we'll see. What we do know is, coming out of Friday night, Providence's net ranking will be disappointing to their <laughs> fans, to their players, and to their head coach. Uh, that was my first time seeing the Friars in person. I'd watched them a lot on television already this season, but it was jarring, Kevin. Uh, it was surprising to see the shot selection and the way that they failed to value the ball. I, I was just, I was really stunned, um, you know, with the 22 turnovers, with the 5 for 17 from three-point range. And it wasn't the fact they missed shots. It was the fact that some of them were two or three feet behind the line and within the first five seconds of the shot clock. It, it was just, it was very surprising compared to the way past Ed Cooley teams have played. You would say maybe overperformed based on their talent level. Uh, this is a different group and, and not necessarily in a good way so far. You know, after looking at the game again um, in the last uh, couple days, uh, w- w- what I saw was a team with too much rope. And at the start of the year and into the, and coming into the uh, season, uh, Providence really wanted to play faster. Their offense last year was the worst in the league. Uh, he, uh, Ed Cooley thought with the experience that he has, he could trust this group a little bit more. Uh, to play faster, uh, earlier shots in the shot clock would be fine. You know, they take you know good shots, but earlier shots. They were practicing with a twenty-second shot clock. Right. Uh, I know we talked about that an awful lot. Well, that's really backfired because uh, offensively, uh, they've been all over the map uh, with shot selection and especially with turnovers. Uh, you mentioned the twenty-two turnovers. They had twenty-one against Long Beach State. Uh, and, you know, Rhode Island plays defense, but, you know, against the good teams on their schedule, uh, Rhode Island gave up 96 points to LSU and 86 points to West Virginia. Providence struggled to break 60. Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, when you shoot 38%, like you said, that's one thing. But the 22 turnovers, I believe, it was 13 in the first half. And that was the first half where Rhode Island was was not good um, and yet still scored 38 points and led 38-29 at the break, just because I think Rhode Island played, I'd say, maybe five good minutes in the first half down the stretch uh, after a really slow start. But um, So that's one thing. I, I think uh, you know Ed Cooley gave his older guys uh, too much rope. And number two is you can't win in college basketball or really in any level of basketball without solid point guard play. And their point guard play right now from uh, Lawan Pipkins and Malik White with a little from David Duke. And they didn't even want David Duke to have to play much point because they thought the two seniors would be able to handle the job. Right. It, it's just been awful. Uh, in multiple games, those two seniors uh, have just not delivered in any way, shape, or form. Pipkins has uh, had zero points at Rhode Island. He, he's been shut out twice now this year. And the only word I can say is... I'm shocked because this is a kid, uh, uh, Pipkins, and I don't want to put everything on him because it's it's a long list. He he led the Atlantic 10 in scoring two years ago and was a first-team All-League player, and we're seeing it 
I, I don't know who we're seeing because this isn't the kid that we know. Yeah, just somebody who completely lacks confidence right now. And you're looking at, at Pipkins and White, one for nine the other night, two points, five assists, five turnovers combined. You need much more than that from those two players. Uh, David Duke, and we talked about David Duke and the improvements that he's made this year, and, and they're obvious, uh, but he had six turnovers the other night and, and clearly isn't ready to be this team's point guard for 25, 30 minutes in a given game. Uh, I was surprised that Providence was outscored in the paint by URI. PC's bigger and stronger up front. Uh, started off dominating the offensive glass in the first half. Um, you know, ended up being outscored in the paint, outscored on the fast break for a team that wants to play faster. Um, the second chance points that they had, that they dominated in the first half, they, they didn't necessarily extend through the second half. Um, you know, just it, it was just very disjointed. And, and you pointed to, you know, Providence perhaps and, and other teams perhaps playing too many guys. And, and, you know, I look at what Nate Watson gave them off the bench. I thought that was encouraging. Uh, he had a stretch in the second half where he was in control of the game, mm-hmm. uh, made a couple shots, got it down to a two-point game with about six and a half minutes to go. Um, but they just, whereas Rhode Island has role definition and a rotation and guys who are going to do certain things on the floor, I get no semblance of that from Providence so far. Yeah, uh, you know, Watson played 15 minutes you know, 10.6 rebounds, th- th- he needs to physically get up to more than 20 minutes a game. And, uh, you know, he missed seven weeks with a knee injury. You, you can see that he's not moving the way that he wants to move. He has the big brace on. Uh, I've spotted him on the focus machine a few times, Bill. So he is definitely running. Right. He knows he needs to lose weight, get in better shape. Uh, that said, you know, th- maybe their center position is the only one that I'm pretty confident in. We know that Khalif Young and Nate Watson are going to cut the center minutes, and that's what happened at Rhode Island, and that's, I think that's what's going to happen the rest of the season. And Khalif Young was pretty good the other night, to be fair. Very good. Uh, his best game of the season, actually, with nine points and nine rebounds. Really active around the rim. Yeah. Um, but after that, you know, I think Ed Cooley would go at Diallo and Pipkins, uh, you know, with the turnovers, with the shots, the shot selection, uh, he needs those two guys to be good. Yeah. It's as simple as that. And it's funny, there's so many, you know, Friar fans I've come across and heard from via social media or, or in just conversations. And they said, ah, you know, the heck with Alpha. You know, the, the heck with Pipkins. <laughs> right. Well, you can't make trades in college. That's right. And there are no free agents out there. There's no free agents. No waiver wire. You know, there, there is, I guess there's instant transfers. Well, they don't have any sitting out uh, ready to go. No. Uh, Providence needs those guys to be good. Or certainly to be a lot better than they've shown so far. And guess what? They're going to get more rope. Those guys are playing. And Alpha Diallo is their best all-around player. He will keep playing. Uh Luan Pipkins, they, they, they need something from him because guess what? They don't have five point guards in the program. They have two seniors and David Duke, and David Duke off the ball is way better than with the ball. Now, if those two guys, uh, Pipkins and White, continue to struggle, maybe we'll see Alpha Diallo at point guard. He's a very, he's a very good passer. That said, he turns the ball over a ton. And so that's really the problem that Cooley is facing is – how do I get my team to come together, improve, build on something with shaky point guard play? Right. It's that's the conundrum that he's facing. Right. No, it's really difficult, and and it's surprising. And we've talked about this before, considering the line of point guards that he's had uh, in the past. 
you look back at, at some of the players that he inherited and some of the players that he's recruited. Uh, it's been a very good mix. Mm. He's always had a good floor leader. Uh, this team and last year's team haven't had those, and, and it's not a coincidence that last year's team missed the NCAA tournament. And this year's team, as we sit here right now, is nowhere close to the NCAA tournament. Sure. So grades... Um I mean, are we talking F and D's? You flip a coin, an F and a D. I'm, I mean, I'm being nice, and I'm yeah. going to say a D because yeah. it's two weeks from Christmas, but I certainly debated giving them an F. Yeah. You know, I, at five and five with really zero quality wins and with stub your toe losses to Charleston, Long Beach State, and Penn, uh, and probably even at Northwestern, uh, there's, there's really nothing to to say that Providence uh, has anything to build on right now besides just experience of of 10 ugly games. Mm. Uh, uh, interestingly, uh, and you know, I, we can say this right now, Bill, but I'm curious how much longer we can say it, is Providence's schedule is filled with opportunity. Uh, after Stony Brook on Saturday, uh, who's pretty good, by the way. I th- believe they made 13 threes in a win over Brown last weekend, so uh, Stony Brook is no joke. Uh, from then on, Providence will play basically every game against team in the top 100 uh, in the net when we see the net come out, uh, beginning next Tuesday against Florida uh, on a neutral court in Brooklyn. Uh, The last uh, non-conference game is Texas at home on the 21st. That's fine. You can have the opportunities, but you have to start to win them. That's right. And right now, Providence has zero in their column. Uh, if any team needs a five-game winning streak, it's the Friars right now just to gain some confidence and go into Big East play with some momentum. Yes. Uh, but I don't see it happening as we speak. Uh, you know, uh, you know, obviously, they get a lot of work ahead of them. They do. All right, so we got a D's and F's there. Um, anything else on the Rams and Friars before we uh, sashay over to the – Brown and Bryant. No, I'd say we can turn the page on that one. Uh, we can go back to hate week next year, about a year from now. There we go. There yeah. we go. We'll switch to Bryant, uh, which is coming off a, a very good road win at Fordham. It's first ever win against an Atlantic 10 team. Um, all good. I'm, I'm being 100% positive with the victory. But let's not let's not get overly excited and call this, you know, uh, it. it Okay, this is time to kill Fordham. They were five point favorites. Right. They're really not an Atlantic Ten team. Okay, Uh-oh. you know they're in the Atlantic Ten, but they're really not. Uh oh. And uh, you know, put it this way: outstanding scheduling by Jared Grasso. If I'm going to have a bye game, Fordham might be atop my list. <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a bus ride, and I know I can win that game. Oh, wow! And to their credit, they. They actually really knocked the Rams around in the second half pretty good. So, Brian, I believe that was their eighth win, seventh win? Seven and four. Seven and four, uh, and playing with an awful lot of confidence right now. So, sorry about that, Fordham. <laughs> Kevin Mack sounds like a guy who might have bet on Fordham and lost. No, not at all. Not at all. I uh, mm-hmm. I stay far away from Fordham. Uh, no no at, question. At every turn. I, I was going to say, if the answer to that question was yes, then you fool. <laughs> yeah. Because why would you ever put one of your hard-earned dimes on the Fordham Rams? Right. Uh, yeah, they are abject. Uh, seven for 30 in the second half. I think it was one for 13 from three-point range yeah, that's in the offense. second half. They went 15 minutes without a field goal. I did see that. Which... 
is astonishing. How do you go 15 minutes without scoring? There's no at home, no turnover, no layup, no you know, no defensive breakdown. No one guy makes an open shot. Just dreadful. Uh, and I think it it also speaks to how much better Brian is. Sure. Uh, you know, from a physical standpoint. Yeah, the, the very simplistic way of saying it, and, and a lot of times you'll hear this on Press Row, Bryant's got some dudes. Yeah. They do. They've yep, yep. got some guys who could play for other people. And, and that wasn't necessarily the case when Jared Grasso inherited the job. Uh, you know, it was a thin roster. You know, you had a couple guys to, to work with there, certainly. Um, you know, but a, a thinner roster, one that he's beefed up, uh, one that he's lengthened the rotation. He, he's made a couple real good additions in Benson Lynn, mm. uh, as a freshman guard who played at St. Andrews last year. Uh, Hall Elysius, uh, the big guy underneath, uh, has been a, a physical presence. Uh, you know, someone who had seven block shots and six block shots in previous games this year. And he wasn't really doing much at the start of the year, so his progress has been good. I, I was impressed, you know, they, they, again, they go down to Fordham and win, and the best player, Adam Grant, was just fair. Uh, so that just shows... Charles Pride didn't play. Charles He's Pride got a right ankle play. problem. So the, the, the additional depth that uh, Grasso and his staff have uh, put in, into the program is, is paying off. And, uh, you know, obviously Northeast Conference players around the corner... That's really what it's all about for Bryant. Uh, I'd love to see what the coaches in the league think about Bryant at the start of the year versus what they thought about in September when they voted them, I believe, eighth, seventh or eighth. They were six, um, you which know. was squarely in the middle. It's 11 teams. You, and, you'd be hard-pressed to think they're going to finish sixth. No. You know, maybe this is a top four team. Uh, tough to tell. Tough to tell. The, the right. NEC, to their credit, they play a lot of up games. Mm. They, they get bought a lot, mm-hmm. uh, and they get pounded a lot. And it's tough to take anything concrete from games like that. Uh, but uh, obviously, Bryant pointing in the right direction. Uh, we mentioned that last night we saw. What do we? Yeah. What do we say for Bryant? Oh yeah, uh, uh, great. I, I I'd have to go with an A minus. Yeah, I was thinking A minus as well. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, again, I like the fact that I see new names. You know, we don't follow Bryant recruiting here at the Providence Journal. Uh, we certainly follow Benson Lynn, and boy, what a gift he was. He was going to Mar- uh, Manhattan, and Manhattan recruited too many guys, and Benson was kind of cast astray in the summertime. And uh, boy, what a great pickup he's been. No uh, question. Guys who can make shots have value on any level, and Benson Lynn can make threes, he can make open shots. Um, and do a little bit more than that as well, and he's he's made an impact uh, for uh, for Bryant. Mm. So we'll see. And obviously, uh, the little point guard, uh, Michael Green, Michael Green is 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 fun to watch. And he, his he, to your point, he gives them even at a small size, he gives them that Brooklyn, New York, you know, tough guy toughness. Uh, he's not going to get pushed around running this team. No, and that that carries over to everybody else. No. Um, lastly, we saw Brown last night push St. John's uh, after getting down big in the first half. Uh, the Bears really ran their offense well in the second half and, and threw a scare into the Red Storm. Actually had a, a, a breakaway layup in a four-point game with about six minutes to go. Uh, Brown misses at the other end. Uh, St. John's gets an and one, and that was the end of the push to the lead. But uh, in- encouraging, encouraging uh, performance for the Bears, who now will uh, go into hibernation. Sorry about that, Bill. Uh, <laughs> to the 28th, they don't play for a while. They go down to play Duke, 
then Rhode Island, and uh, I think Mike usually throws a Division Three game in there because it's tough for the Ivy to get going. And yeah, then, he's got Johnson and Wales on January seventh. There you go, and then uh, and then the Ivy League. I, I think Brown is an interesting case because uh, we've seen a decent amount of them, and and they look good at times. Uh, and yet, you know, they'll go on the road and lose to Stony Brook, and Stony Brook's pretty good, but, you know, they got, they got knocked around. They went up to Lowell and lost a game, which you would think that they might be able to win. Right. Uh, you know, they're not as good as last year, I think, uh, not as talented, and yet, you know, they have some younger players who are making progress. Uh, Jalen Ganey probably at the top of that list. So Yes. Uh, and the freshman, uh, Perry Cohen, I think, is, is starting to play better, shoot the ball yeah. on the outside. So uh, Brown is an interesting team. I'm not quite sure where they're going to stand in the Ivy League because uh, I've seen Harvard, I've seen uh, Penn. I think they're clearly a level behind those two teams. So to, to break into that top four is always going to be difficult for Brown. So I, I'll, I'll give them a, one of those solid Bs that you talked about. Yeah, I was going to go uh, you know, somewhere in the B-C-plus range for Brown. Uh, disappointing home loss to Navy, too. You, you lose by yep. 20 in that game. Um, you know, a game that was close until about six, seven minutes left, and then their backcourt took over. Um, you know, that, that was a game that Mike Martin said afterwards, we have enough talent to win and, and probably should have won the game. Uh, you look at St. John's, an 82-71 loss. Um, I think you and I were texting throughout this game because it was on Fox Sports and, and we were going back and forth. Uh, just too many passengers for, for Brown to win a game like that. St. John's is pretty talented. Uh, you're going to need more contributions from some guys. Brandon Anderson, he shot it 24 times. He only had 25 points. You need him to be the leader, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might have wanted a little more efficiency out of him than that. But you know, too many other guys who, who played a lot of minutes and didn't necessarily contribute very much on the scoreboard. And if you're going to have an upset like that over a Big East team on the road, it's going to take something special from guys who are down in the rotation, you know, maybe give you a little extra that you didn't count on. No question. Uh, okay, that's it, everybody. Uh, we will try to do a podcast again next week as well, With uh, but no one plays. You know, I guess, again, the Friars uh, will be in Brooklyn next Tuesday night and then play at home on the 21st. But uh, everyone else is just chilling out, Bill. So we'll, we'll, we'll probably find a moment to podcast. You might need to do a Christmas or Hanukkah wish list oh, for all of our teams. Oof. Something like that. Santa needs to bring a big man or maybe a point guard. <laughs> big man or a point guard point or shooter. guy who can make a shot. Okay, yep. I'll, I'll think about that in the next week. We'll be okay. No question. Thanks very much. All right. Thanks, folks.